G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's get some insights into the political agenda for this week. High on the agenda, of course, the Queensland election. Of course, nationally, federally, we'll be looking towards what's happening in the Senate. Uh, who are back this week and they aim to pass same-sex marriage laws. We'll talk through some of those issues as well. But a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Wendy uh, Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby. Hi, Wendy. Thank you so much, Neil. It's great to be with you. Uh, Wendy, you're in Darwin today. Uh, part of your responsibility looking after issues in the Northern Territory. That's right. And in Darwin at the moment, they're looking at legislation to actually strip um, and discrimination will change the anti-discrimination laws to strip the rights of faith-based and independent schools and churches from employing people who adhere to their faith. So pretty important stuff happening up here at the moment, so that's where I am. Uh, one of those consequences everybody in power tells us that we're not supposed to be experiencing and you are there uh, trying to deal with that situation today. We'll talk some more about that very shortly when we talk about what might be happening with same-sex marriage laws uh, before the Senate this week. Let's come to your neck of the woods, your state of Queensland. You're the Queensland State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. You've been following along what's been happening there with the election over the weekend. Still no final result for the state of Queensland, but it looks as though Labor is likely to win. What are your thoughts? Look, it does look that way. Um, we've got 93 electorates here, 93 seats up for grabs. Um, there are 12 still undecided. Uh, so one of the major parties needs 47 for a majority. ALP is sitting on 43, sure, at the moment. So there still is a way to go, but um, political commentators are saying that they believe that the ALP can get enough of those four remaining 12 seats and get four more to get to that 47 majority. But it has been such an interesting uh, election and, you know, Saturday night, no one seemed to be able to really call it. Now, swings against both major parties, so against the LNP, against the Labor Party, uh, and towards One Nation. Is there a message in what has happened in Queensland uh, for right around the nation, Wendy Francis? There, there certainly is. Um, you know, with, since the Trump era, I think we hear more and more about the deplorables and it's people who are wanting to rebel against the, the mainstream elites, and I think that's what we've seen here. Uh, I, I do think the One Nation party would be disappointed with the results because it's possible that they might get one seat, but they, they won't get more than one and, it, and they might not even get one. Uh, whereas the Tata Party have done extremely well. They had a much lower percentage of votes because they had many, a lot fewer um, candidates running, but they will get at least their two back, but possibly even three. It is looking like the Tata Party could have three and one nation won. Wendy, one of the things that was different about this state election in Queensland was the idea of compulsory preferential voting. 
and uh, the idea that uh, with every square, every number needed to be marked, whereas in previous elections you could have put a one in your preferred party candidate square. Uh, do you think that's, that uh, that uh, compulsory preferential system has made a difference? Have Queenslanders been played in any particular way here? Again, the commentators are saying it's made a huge difference. Uh, the One Nation Party, which received you know, 13% of the vote around that, I think, they, they decided to preference against every sitting member. So sitting members, um, if it were, if if the One Nation Party was coming third and their preferences were distributed, sitting members always lost out on that. So they were able to um, you know, change some seats there and some really good seats, good MPs lost. But the scrutiny is, the other thing, interesting thing is that scrutinies who've been at the polling booths are all seem to be saying that a lot of people did not follow the how to vote cards, which I think is very encouraging because... Preferential voting should be each individual's preference. We shouldn't feel as if we've got to follow the preference of any particular party. We should preference each um, candidate ourselves. And the scrutiny is saying that to a large degree that seemed to be a phenomenon that was happening. People weren't necessarily following religiously the how to vote cards. Let's talk about one of those social issues that goes along with uh, those things that may happen in Queensland. Of course, euthanasia uh, in Victoria and now the danger of other states following suit. Uh, How closely linked do you think, if there is a majority government in Queensland, they'll be following on uh, what we've seen in other states like Victoria? So the United Party, who looks like they could take power, have, have put in their policy document that they support um, euthanasia, they support physician-assisted suicide, um, which is very worrying, and they do support a Victorian style um, of, of policy that has been the legislation that's been um, promoted down there. And so we're, we're very sad about that, but, but we're not good enough on that because... You know, God says to choose life, and so we will be really lobbying hard to keep it out of Queensland. The sad thing is that I think as states um, like Victoria at the moment, they're looking at um, there's a domino effect around the country, and, and it seems as if there's a march across the country to promote a culture of death. I, I find it very, very sad. And Western Australia likely to be the next state to debate assisted dying laws. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, as you say, uh, there could be a domino effect around the nation. Exactly. And the Greens are wanting to even bring in national assisted dying laws. And the Greens, I'm really glad that the Greens didn't get up here in Queensland at all. Uh, they were looking close to getting a seat even in South Brisbane and knocking over Jackie Trad, who is the deputy premier. Um, but they haven't, and I'm grateful for that because they, um, they promote, they do promote a culture of death from birth to the grave. Uh, federally speaking, when you talk about the Greens, I note that Greens leader Richard Di Natale is uh, set to pursue a national euthanasia bill next year, uh, mm. using Victoria's successful legislation as its base. And uh, that bill, he would expect to become the framework for each state to launch its own legislation. That is, uh, if you are a pro-life person with a Christian foundation, that's a scary thought, isn't it? It is a scary thought. And it's scary for every Australian who, um, what we really want to see is excellent palliative care. And no one seems to be able to, to say, suggest that palliative care won't suffer. 
if we're pumping our money into some sort of a euthanasia scheme. And what, what Australians need and what they deserve and what humanity deserves is expert care towards the end of your life, palliative care, not, um, not killing people. You know, it's just, I, I actually find it very upsetting myself because I've had two sisters die from cancer. I've seen excellent palliative care. I've seen people die very well. Um, my mum and dad are very elderly at the moment. I thought that they would think that there was um, that they were a, a, almost a nuisance or you know needing to take this option. It just grieves my heart so terribly. Uh, Wendy, the other big issue to talk about this morning: the Senate is back this week. And they'll aim to pass the same-sex marriage laws after the yes result in the postal survey. The bill they're going to be discussing, the the bill by Liberal uh, Senator Dean Smith to change the marriage laws, uh, key concerns surrounding those new laws, of course, uh, religious freedoms and parental protections. Uh, what are your thoughts about how that debate is likely to unfold through the week? Look, it's just so incredibly disappointing, uh, but not surprising, unfortunately, because... We were told right through the plebiscite campaign, um, freedom of, there's, there's not going to be any problem, there's freedom of protection, you know, freedom of, of conscience, freedom of religion, they will all be protected. And now when we come to it, it's like, oh, okay, that'll be discussed later, but let's just get through the laws and then we'll, then we'll look at what we'll do about freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, freedom of belief. And um, so we, we can all see where that's heading. And I'm already, you know, I'm up in the Northern Territory trying to stop um, freedom of religion and freedom of uh, being able to educate your children in the way you want to, that's already under threat. Uh, so, you know, what we want is to see those freedoms, see what we're going, what, what are they actually voting on if we don't know what freedoms are going to be in place. Of course, the Attorney General George Brandis, uh, he, of course, looks as though he's determined to. Uh, introduce into there some uh, declaratory amendment to the bill that might uh, at least make it look as though there are freedoms being protected. Uh, At the same time, he's very much about separating the idea of uh, the actual same-sex marriage law from the freedoms. Uh, There is something uh, contradictory there, and as you say, uh, there's, uh, there's a promise that's broken there from the Liberal Party. Absolutely. And when we talk about freedoms too, we're not just talking about freedoms for clergy, we're talking about freedoms for everyday Australians who might have a conscience issue on, on this. And and they think they're ignoring that as well. They seem to be thinking this is just an issue for, for clergy. This is not. This is actually an issue for uh, a lot of Australians. It's close to 5 million Australians voted no. And so their, their freedoms, their freedom of conscience, that's what needs to be protected here. And, and it does seem as if already those freedoms are actually being completely overlooked and even trashed. Uh, well, there's lots to look forward to this week by way of uh, some insights when it comes to the things as they are unfolding in the Senate. Appreciate your insights once again. Wendy Francis, the Queensland State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby, and uh, for people wanting to keep up with uh, what is happening, uh, perspectives, Christian perspectives on how things unfold in the Senate this week. No doubt there'll be uh, some uh, inclusions on the website for the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. Wendy Francis, thanks so much for joining us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless you all. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.